0: Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, a discussion of one of the topics making news this week. This is KCBS In-Depth. Thank you once again for joining us on KCBS In-Depth. I'm Jane McMillan. Well, as the July 4th holiday recess comes to an end for lawmakers on Capitol Hill, all eyes are going to be on the fate of the GOP health care bill in the Senate. Similar to, but in some areas even more severe than the House GOP legislation, the Senate's repeal and replace Obamacare endeavor is facing voter support below 20 percent. And at last count before the July break, it was several votes shy of passage. And GOP senators willing to face constituents over the break got an earful about the proposed cuts to Medicaid and the tax breaks for the wealthy through the bill's repeal of the subsidies to fund mandated health coverage. While the Congressional Budget Office has calculated that more than 20 million Americans would lose health care coverage with the GOP repeal and replace legislation, we are not going to discuss the merits of these bills themselves today. Instead, today on In-Depth, we're going to take a look at the legislative process and how money affects it. Money does influence the policies under which all of us have to live as it influences those who set that policy. Under current donation rules, or the lack of them, those who have money have a much bigger thumb on the scales of law and justice than do those of us who have our single vote as leverage over our elected officials. And so, since the health care legislation is the most current and impactful study of money's influence— We're going to examine who is wielding what power over this pending legislation without taking sides on the legislation itself. Our expert on this topic is Daniel Newman, president and co-founder of maplight.org. That's M-A-P for money and politics, light. It's a nonpartisan research organization following the money in politics and public policy. Maplight.org traces donations and voting records for federal, state, and local legislators and races. Daniel Newman, thanks for coming back to In Depth. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Jane.
0: Let's focus in on first the the Senate health care bill. We'll talk about the influence of money on the Republican health care bill and and then venture into, in general, the role of money in the current agenda on the Hill at the White House within the administration. But let's focus in first on the Senate bill. So this was a small group of Republican senators crafting this health care bill behind closed doors. Talk about the money influence that Maplight discovered. And maybe we can talk about a few of the particular senators who were the architects and The amount of money and whether or not this is out of the ordinary for legislation moving through Capitol Hill on either side of the aisle.
1: Well, let's take the Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Um, It was developed over the course of a year with uh, 54 Senate committee hearings, lots of public hearings. This Senate bill, you had 13 people, uh, 17 senators, male senators meeting behind closed doors to come out with this legislation. The night before a draft of the Senate bill was released, a top health insurance lobbyist was spotted in the office of Senator Mitch McConnell, and this is the same Senate leader, McConnell, that avoided a coalition of healthcare advocacy groups who wanted to discuss the bill while he was heading to a $1,000 per person fundraiser. And that gives you the flavor of who's writing this right now. It's the high-powered lobbyists and the people who donate thousands of dollars.
0: And that I mean that's just basic access too, just to have
1: a voice heard to your representative. It is on a bill that affects all of us. I mean, we all need health care and this law governs it.
0: All right, taking a look at some of the amounts of money topping the list of the senator, the Republican senators who are involved in crafting this legislation behind closed doors or in hatch receiving the most amount of money from insurance and pharmaceutical manufacturing companies according to MapLite. At almost four hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars, Mitch McConnell four hundred and thirty-three thousand. It goes down. Rob Portman three hundred and eighty-two. Uh, down to the very bottom is Tom Cotton of Arkansas, almost twenty-nine thousand dollars from these ind- industries. Is this is this the normal amount of lobby money that one would see from these companies on any type of legislation, or is this out of the ordinary from what Maplight has? been watching over the years.
1: So the healthcare industries like pharmaceutical companies and health insurance companies are some of the largest spending interest groups. Their profits can go up or down based on government regulation and laws. And the senators working on this bill, the 13 in secret, got twice as much money from pharmaceutical companies and health insurance firms compared to all the senators excluded from the process. These 13 senators that are writing the legislation have an enormous amount of influence uh, by these industries. Senators excluded from the process received only about half as much money from these industries on average. The very senators that are writing this bill are the ones with the most influence from industry.
0: And what's the time period in which MapLight looked at these donations? That's
1: over the last six years, the amount of time of one Senate term.
0: Okay, so that that could also include the amount of time that there was an effort to repeal and replace. Obamacare and votes.
1: Absolutely. Health care has been a contentious issue for, for a long time. And uh, the industries like you, uh, health care and the health insurance companies and pharma, like, do they do give to the Democratic side and the Republican side both. And here, of course, where it's really on the table for there to be major legislation that affects these industries, typically the, the giving goes up as well.
0: So if we're talking about donations to both sides, it seems as though some of the cuts uh, to Obamacare that are being proposed not only by the House bill that did pass, but the Senate GOP bill uh, that is about to be voted on could actually cut into insurance and pharmaceutical industries with, with rollbacks of Medicaid and fewer people would be covered. So for those who are voting against it, are we seeing money from certain industries to influence that?
1: So many fights in Washington are about the industry influence, but this one is especially interesting because even though there is industry influence, by far the largest area of influence is uh, wealthy individuals, extremely wealthy individuals. Because if you look at the the changes in the Senate and the House proposed law, one among the biggest changes is the ending of taxes on certain kind of capital gains for very high earners. And so you have um, the the wealthiest 0.1 percent of the population that stands to overwhelmingly gain from this bill, even by by much more so than uh, the reduction of taxes on the industry.
0: So that was another question. So who else might benefit and be exerting influence? So when we're talking about this money that you've uncovered from industry donating to these senators who are crafting the GOP bill, that's money that you were able to trace. And then there are, there's money from big donors like the Kochs who at their recent summit, pointed out two amendments they wanted. I mean, there was no secret. We want you, Republican senators, to craft these two amendments. One, allow insurers to cut coverage and offer reduced coverage. And two, increase the health savings account caps. So when you're talking about wealthy individuals that we know of, we're talking about people like the Kochs. Am I correct in that? That we can trace their money or does this fall into some dark money, too?
1: Well, it, it's both. So the dark money group's unlimited secret money spending on elections has definitely influenced uh, the, the elections of many of these senators who are deciding on the bill. In, in the big picture, what's interesting is the, the extremely wealthy people who stand to benefit financially from passage of these bills currently proposed map on very closely to who funds politics. So if you look at who gives money to politics, so most people don't give money to politics. People who give $200 or more to a federal candidate is only half of a percent of the population. And that group of people gives two-thirds of the money to politics. And if you go up the income scale to 0.1% of the population, so say you put the U.S. population represented by a 1,000 people in order of wealth, the very last person on the end it gives overwhelmingly in terms of who funds the super PACs, who funds the dark money groups, and that is exactly the same person that will benefit most from this healthcare proposed repeal.
0: So not just corporations that may benefit, but individuals who are going to benefit highly from the cuts to Medicaid and the Obama the cutting of the Obamacare tax taxes on the wealthy. So we're talking about several crossover groups who are wielding influence but also benefiting individuals and
1: corporations. Indeed. So the the members of that top 0.1% of the income group in the U.S. make more than $3 million per year, and they would get an average tax cut of about $150,000 a year. So the the very cut in taxes is more than most people in America make an entire year, Uh, and those are also the people who overwhelmingly support politicians to get elected.
0: We're examining the influence of money in our current political and legislative process by taking a look at it through the lens of the pending GOP health care bill in the Senate. And our expert is Daniel Newman, president and co-founder of Maplight.org, a nonpartisan research organization following the money in politics and public policy. I'm Jane McMillan. To help clarify for all of us, um, as you track this money, what do you think the percentage is of money donated that's dark money that that we will never know? Maybe who it came from? and money that can be tracked but may be obfuscated because of the name of an organization through which it is filtered to just these very obvious industry and individual donations.
1: So no one specifically knows the percent, but what we do know is that secret money and also super PAC money, which is not secret but it's unlimited, which is also very bad for democracy, those take the, those have the most effect in the most competitive races. So if you look at all Senate elections, for example, some are competitive and some not. But the races where they are competitive is where you see the dark money and where you see the multi-million dollar super PAC spending. So what this means is that it's the tiniest group of the wealthiest individuals and industries that are funding and helping determine the outcome of these elections. And they're also primarily the beneficiary of these laws.
0: And it sounds like that that's the bulk of the money is what we can't trace.
1: I'd say it's not the bulk of it, but it's it's substantial and it's influential. Okay. One of the interesting things is that politicians they need votes to get elected, but they also need money to get elected, and so they're serving these two competing constituencies: the voters and the donors. Now, the uh, these proposed health care repeal and reform measures um, put these two bases at odds. Like if you look at the base of Republican voters, older, blue collar, white voters, for example, those. Those are the people that would lose the most from this Senate or House health bill being considered. That's the voting base. But the donor base of the Republican Party is very different. That's where you get up to the 0.1% of the income group, and those would be the winners in this proposed legislation.
0: So, and it just point in fact, we may be looking at of the senators that you tracked, um, the money coming in from the insurance and pharmaceutical industries on this. Uh, Ted Cruz, towards the bottom of that at 59000 give or take, uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, actually was part of that Freedom Caucus that wanted more rollbacks. But then you look at, uh, say, someone like Rob Portman at 380000 towards the top of the donation list, has a, has voters that don't want a rollback of Medicaid in Ohio. So that kind of tells you the, the conflict and where certain money is going to certain people. So the Koch brothers could be donating more to those who align with the Freedom Caucus and have more rollbacks, say, than an industry donor who has a vested interest in having clients.
1: Yeah, so you have like uh, Ted Cruz, for example, and many other senators benefiting from these dark money groups with ties to the Koch brothers who are seeking uh, even greater repeals than, than what some of the other senators are wanting.
0: We look at influence, as you mentioned, so, you know, elected officials need votes and they also need money in the healthcare arena to the public. There is, at least on the Republican side, there is the political reason and the ideology reason for wanting Obamacare repealed, and that is, you know, the mandate, the freedom aspect of of not having to pay for insurance if you don't want it. Uh, And then there's the political push, because this has been a promise of the Republican Party for a long time. But then there's also the money influence. And those are often at odds. How are you seeing this play out in this particular Senate side? And we'll get to the House in a few minutes, but the Senate side. There is that ideology. What weighs most when it comes down to making decisions, especially for senators who are on the fence, who may have voters wanting one thing donors wanting something else, and then the ideology
1: of the party pressure itself. Well, one of the things that's striking about this health care bill is it's a lot more about uh, wealth and who gets the benefits than it is about health care. So the, uh, a main feature of the the bill in the Senate, for example, is to repeal these taxes on capital gains, for example, investment income. So that money comes from the subsidies are given for middle income people and low income to buy insurance. So this is there's all sorts of like, special interest tax loopholes and goes on to benefit different groups, including benefiting the wealthy. And this is perhaps one of the clearest examples, and the largest example certainly I've ever seen, where the interests of the middle class and the poor are, are lined up in such opposition to the interests of the very rich.
0: But the messaging doesn't follow that. The messaging no. to the population says, this is an ideological, if you agree that there should not be big government forcing you to buy insurance or if you are um, supportive of the Republican Party's pledge to repeal Obamacare, that's the message going out to voters. But that's a very different, what you're saying, what you found, MapLight has found in its following the money. That's not necessarily the biggest influence in the decision making of these senators and how they're going to vote.
1: Well, according to an NPR and PBS poll, only 17 percent of Americans support this recent Senate bill and according to the New York Times the bill doesn't have majority support in any single state so i think it's in big reason because people are looking at, well, what is the effect on them? So you have a tiny fraction of wealthy people that are going to benefit, but in polling and in voting, that is far outweighed by the majority of people that see benefits. So it's no surprise that people who want this bill to pass are going to pick on the, uh, excuse me, to want to repeal Obamacare, are going to pick on the parts that they find the weakest rhetorically. But in point of fact, uh, it, the Obamacare is uh, being called the largest redistribution of wealth from the very rich to the, poor and middle class in history, and undoing it would be an equally large distribution back to the very wealthy.
0: And we're talking about one-sixth of the American economy that is tied up in the health care industry.
1: Indeed, indeed. And the, the stakes being debated here are very high, not just for people who have health insurance now and would lose it, but also for uh, Medicare and how that would grow or die in the future and what you know, all, uh, all of us or our families might have to rely on if we can't afford health care. So it's, um, the, the stakes are very large, and I'm glad that this, this bill has been um, getting attention despite all the other chaos in Washington. This is one of the most central things going on.
0: Did you find the same kind of influence in the House bill?
1: it's it's the the patterns are generally the same. You have the same special interest industries. Uh, the in the the House, as you know, is much more top-down control. Like the individual House members don't have as much say, and it's the Paul Ryan and the leadership that call the shots. And then when you look at the patterns of money in the House, it's the like the healthcare committees get the most pharmaceutical industry money, and the leadership also is gets the most money. So it's a, it's a very centralized kind of thing in terms of where the influence lies.
0: The, the vote in the House certainly was along party lines. It was and and what. A couple of dozen Republicans also voted against, voted with the Democrats against the House health care bill. Does MapLight follow uh, and will you follow down the line maybe money being taken away from Candidates on both sides of the aisle, based on if they're running for re-election, based on their votes on these big issues.
1: Sometimes that does happen. It's 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 hard to it's hard to pinpoint, um, but it does happen. Usually the incumbents get the most money because that's where there's the most perceived influence. But now in the days of unlimited corporate spending, since the horrible Citizens United Supreme Court decision seven years ago, um, corporations can now spend an unlimited amount of money to influence politics, and there's a fear among members of the House and Senate that if you don't vote according to how this industry lobbyist wants, then that industry is going to spend several million dollars to try and take you out in the next election. And sometimes that threat doesn't even need to be explicit, and it doesn't even need to occur in practice for it to be equally influential.
0: Should the Senate health care bill, the GOP bill, pass, obviously it's going to have to go back to the House then, and there will be several rounds of reconciliation or negotiation. So as we're talking about the House, again, you mentioned it's mostly the leadership and those on the health committees that get the lion's share of that money because those are where the decisions are made. But are there any donations or representatives getting significant donations in particular in the House in anticipation of this bill going back.
1: It's too early to tell because, unfortunately, the federal law does not allow us to see, like, donations given last week. We have to wait three or four months. What I expect is that um, whoever it is that's taking the leadership on negotiations for this bill will get a significant amount of funds um, that will come out in the months after the bill. Today on In-Depth,
0: we are talking about the influence of money, in politics and public policy, focusing on the role it's playing in the healthcare care legislation pending on Capitol Hill. My guest is Daniel Newman, president and co-founder of Maplight.org, a nonpartisan research organization following the money in politics and public policy. I'm Jane McMillan. So as long as we're discussing wider influence, um, Maplight has done an analysis of money's influence in general uh, on the administration's agenda and the new Congress's agenda, all three branches, or excuse me, uh, uh, both houses uh, on the Hill, and of course, the White House in Republican control. What did your analysis find in general? Because it's not just the elected officials, it's also appointees by the administration, um, and money that they may or may not be getting or have gotten in the past.
1: An example, Scott Pruitt at the EPA. Right. Or you take, uh, for example, uh, the education secretary, Betsy DeVos. Yes. Uh, gave her and her family contributed substantial amounts over the years to Republican senators, the same people who voted on her nomination. Now, think of how that would be. It's like your your kids, uh, you know, your kids, kid is performing at a gymnastics meet and you've actually given money to most of the judges. So, uh, like, how fair is that? Like, how likely are the judges to consider on the person's merits? Um, but uh, DeVos was indeed confirmed. And despite a lot of grassroots opposition um, and uh, questionable qualifications, and so uh, it's it's another example, unfortunately, of money uh, corrupting the political process. Now, the interesting thing is that when um, during the presidential campaign and the presidential primaries, money and influence in politics was has clearly risen to be on people's minds as a country, both Republicans, Democrats, Independents across the spectrum, and in fact, President Trump, while he was a candidate, spoke about. Uh, quote, draining the swamp and um, the other, the Democratic candidates, said things along those lines as well. Uh, unfortunately, Trump has gone back on all his promises in that regard. But the the sentiment of the country is still there about um, being disgusted with uh, the donors controlling government instead of the voters, like it should be. And I think that the the senators and and the House members and Trump himself um, are rightfully wary of um, of doing things that have too much special industry influence. And part of the role of MapLight and the news media in general is to show these cases where the industry influence is having an effect, because there's a fertile audience among the public for it.
0: Well, there's the frustration, though. There is an audience, and and polls show that you're absolutely correct, but that doesn't seem to be altering what's going on in Washington or on Capitol Hill. And I go back, the the thing that pops into my head first is, again, EPA uh, Director Scott Pruitt and the Dow Chemical, the, far, the uh, pesticide uh, ruling. So that, that seems to me to be so obvious that there's a connection there. So the sentiment of the country and the frustration of the voters still doesn't seem to be penetrating the action of elected officials, and is that because of the dark money and the monetary influence that it doesn't really matter
1: what the voters feel? I think that um, voters want to be heard. I think they, they voted for the current president because they were disgusted with how things are now. And I think given that things have continued in the same vein and gotten worse, like, I don't think the story is over yet. I think that, um, that, that hunger for, for change to favor voters instead of donors is still there.
0: Let's talk about dark money. And you mentioned uh, coverage in the media of helping voters see what's going on. What about media buys and influence through dark money? Can't even trace uh, who is putting in ads. We saw that in the Georgia sixth election. And, and we see it in promoting ads for and against health care
1: bills. Yeah, so a lot of the the pushback on this you see currently is at the the state level, because federal uh, is is not poised to act on dark money, to say the least, right now, because um, Republicans feel the issue benefits them. The, in New Mexico, for example, just in the last few weeks, the New Mexico Secretary of State issued regulations that would require groups that spend money on New Mexico campaigns to disclose their donors. And you see, you've see, you seen efforts like that here in California, and I think you'll see it in other states as well. So I think that, that uh, states and citizens in general are not just sitting on their hands, because there are a lot of things that can be done, even if federally are not going to happen right now.
0: And you've said before on this program that you think that the the action is going to come from the bottom up. It's going to come locally from the states. You must be very interested in your organization in the gerrymandering case that the Supreme Court has agreed to take up because that controls a lot of what happens in state legislatures.
1: Absolutely. Should politicians be allowed to choose their own voters? No, the voters should be allowed to choose their politicians. Here in California, we have a uh, national leading uh, independent commission where uh, a citizens committee draws the boundaries without regard to republicans democrats etc and so you get a fairer process and there's definitely push throughout the country to have that kind of system happen elsewhere also you found in in the november election berkeley uh, in, here in the Bay Area passed uh, clean elections law where candidates can run for office and win with taking only small donations. So every dollar they raise from a small donation, they get matched six to one by a city fund. So they can uh, candidates in Berkeley can raise all the money they need to run for office without any special interest influence, and they only represent the voters. That's a reform that now people in Oakland are talking about through California Common Cause, and I also expect we'll see that spread elsewhere in the country.
0: What's your recommendation? We always like to finish with this to voters uh, who are frustrated by this and want to affect a change.
1: Get involved in something happening in your city or your state. I think uh, the California Common Cause is a great place to connect to. uh, If you're interested in getting something started in your city, you can go to the maplight.org site and click Take Action. And I think that's the place where we can have a most direct impact.
0: And this is a nonpartisan issue. We don't want money influencing anybody more than our own votes.
1: That's absolutely right. And uh, one thing Republicans and Democrats agree on more than almost anything in the country is uh, being fed up with wealthy special interests controlling government. And so there's a broad consensus for reform. What's missing is uh, leadership, citizens stepping forward and saying, I want to do something like this in my town. And there's a groundswell of support to make that happen.
0: Daniel Newman of maplight.org, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Jane. My guest on In Depth has been Daniel Newman, president and co founder of MapLight.org, MAP. Light.org. It's a nonpartisan research organization following money's influence on our elected officials and policymakers. Today, looking at the GOP healthcare bill pending in the Senate as a case study, you can access all the donation information by legislator or topic yourself by going to maplight.org and also checking its Dark Money Watch project. We have a link on our website. CBSSF.com. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jane McMillan. You've just heard KCBS In Depth, a news interview program, Sundays at 8 30 a.m. and 8 30 p.m. And now available for download at KCBS.com. In Depth for All News 740 and FM 1069, KCBS.